0: Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.
1: This is the Philadelphia City Cast with Ryan Rothstein, presented by Bet Rivers.
0: Ah, oh, that's right. Stubbs walk off Homer, baby, and the Phils win 3-1 in the bottom of the ninth to take the series victory over the Miami Marlins. Let's go, baby. Welcome back. Philadelphia CityCast presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. I'm your host, Ryan Rothstein. Dramatic fashion on Wednesday, Phils get the win 3-1, to one, as I mentioned, in the bottom of the ninth after doing a whole lot of nothing for nine innings. But as Kyle Gibson's high school coach once said, it's about when. Baseball is about when you get the big hit, when you get the big pitch. Words of wisdom there. Stubbs, the Phillies' backup catcher in the lineup because JT got the start, um, start off after a night game on Tuesday. So... Just a unbelievable rebound win, which was the team's eleventh and thirteen games, tenth and twelve games under new skipper Robbie T, as I call him. Phils have won four straight series under Thompson, and uh, they now switch focus to the Washington Nationals and coming up here on this episode, we're doing a little city cast crossover with host of the washington d c city cast, Frank Honrahan. He'll be joining us to preview all things Washington Nationals and Philadelphia Phillies coming up here uh, over the next couple of days. And that'll be the first time we're doing a crossover with Frank. So I'm really looking forward uh, to having a, a fun conversation with him where we will give out our thoughts on both sides of the ball here, so to speak. We'll give out our betting plays. We'll get all of the latest updates on the D.C. side of the fence here as it relates to the Washington Nationals. So plenty of Phillies talk coming up here with Frank in just a couple of minutes. So to start things off, we're going to get right into the NBA Finals Game 6. Full betting preview, baby. And there's a lot to get to uh, as the Golden State Warriors now have, I was going to say commanding, certainly not commanding, uh, but they have the 3-2 lead going back to Boston now with an opportunity to close things out at the garden on the Celtics home floor. Can they do it? It's not going to be an easy task. Obviously anytime uh, you you have to close things out away from home, it's not easy. Now they they don't, they don't have to do that by any stretch of the imagination. If the warriors are to lose here tonight, obviously game seven would take place on Sunday back in, in California in the Bay Area, winner take all at Golden State. But uh let's focus on game six now. All right, can the Warriors do it? And game five, it was the Andrew Wiggins game. Steph Curry, his first really his first poor performance of the NBA finals. He finished with 16 points. Andrew Wiggins led the team in scoring with 26. Will Steph bounce back? Will Wiggins carry that performance over? Uh, maybe Klay Thompson will step up. We'll get into Clay Thompson and his big performances in Game 6 in the past. Uh, he seems to always have big Game 6 performances uh, when the series gets to this game. So we'll touch on him. We'll touch on Steph. We'll touch, uh, touch on Wiggins as well. Uh, and we'll give out our thoughts and, and best bets for this matchup here, uh, Game 6. Let's look at the updated odds. And the Warriors are... A four-point road dog. Game six. Game six tips off, 9 p.m. Eastern time, Thursday night. Boston, the four-point home favorite. You look at the money line: plus 140 for Golden State to win the game outright; minus 167 for Boston to win the game. Uh, the total set at 210 in Boston. All right, and you know it's interesting because. Now, it's it's so reactive, right, game to game, and, and rightfully so, right? Like, we, we always seem to have a little bit of recency bias in our narrative and opinion for any sport game to game, in a be, especially in a best of seven, right? I think that, that, that just comes with the territory. Um, but let's not forget that this Boston Celtics team this season, last series against the Milwaukee Bucks, the defending champions, they were down 3-2. And they went into Milwaukee for a game six, got the win, and then closed the series out in game seven. So, you know, this Boston team obviously has some fight in them. Listen, if you get to the NBA Finals, both teams, they have plenty of fight in them, right? So this is going to be a full-blown dogfight. There's been a lot of talk uh, and criticism surrounding Jason Tatum uh, in his fourth quarters, his lack of, of big play, his lack of production when the lights are at their brightest. You know, we'll we'll see. I'm not going to start to criticize Jason Tatum and, and call him, you know, lacking a clutch gene or anything like that. But uh, this would certainly be a a great time for Jason Tatum to silence those uh, those critics, to silence that noise a little bit surrounding surrounding himself as it relates to the big moments uh, in these NBA finals, particularly in the fourth quarters. All right. So I mentioned Kyrie. You know, I'll, I'll give you the update here for Finals MVP. We've been doing that uh, each and every preview episode, and as I mentioned after Game Five a couple of days ago, Curry is your big betting favorite, of course, at minus three eighty-five at Bet Rivers. Tatum's next at plus three seventy-five. Wiggins now third at sixteen to one. Jalen Brown fourth at twenty to one. Um, this is Curry's award. This is Curry's award. You know, unless he has another complete dud uh, and Wiggins goes for 40 tonight, then maybe we could talk. Even then, even then, uh, I would be shocked if it doesn't go to Curry. So, is there value on Jason Tatum at plus 375? That becomes the question. That's what we always like to look into a little bit. Um, And it depends on the updated odds to win the series. So, Boston right now at bet rivers is three to one to win the series you're getting jason tatum at plus 375 right so you're getting a little bit better of a value uh pick there if you go with jason tatum to win finals mvp because this is how i look at it if the celtics are to come back and win this series it's going to have to be behind a couple of big nights big performances from jason tatum um, so you're getting a little bit better number almost at four to one versus the Celtics just to win the series at three to one there uh, if you look at correct score for the series outcome Boston to win this in seven right now is plus 310 Golden State to win in six plus 130 Golden State to win in seven plus 155 so you're even getting a better number uh, for Tatum to win Finals MVP than you are for the Celtics to win correct series outcome four to three at plus 310. So there you go. Something to uh something to chew on a little bit. Uh if you will, if you're thinking on betting the Celtics to come back and make this series interesting. All right, I do want to take a look at the full player props uh and we'll give you our player prop bets for game 6. I am 10 and 5 right now on my NBA Finals player prop picks. Not too shabby. All right, not too shabby. So can we uh, continue our winning ways here tonight for game six? We'll go through the full wagering menu at Bet Rivers, and then I'll give you my picks that I'm playing. Uh, hopefully, I'll look to improve that 10-5 and five record. Uh, and then also coming up, we're going to have a conversation with Frank uh, Hanrahan. <laughs> I said his name so wrong there. Uh, but Frank's the host of the DC City Cast. We'll catch up with him uh, to help us preview Phillies, Washington Nationals getting underway a uh, li- little bit later today, as long as the weather holds up. All right, so plenty happening. And the U.S. Open is going on right now. All right, let's not forget about that as well. And Bet Rivers is giving you extra reasons to tune in and play. Just log in each day of the U.S. Open and receive a free profit boost to power up your tournament bet every round a new boost for you to use before the round starts or while the players are on the course terms and conditions apply see site for details make your us open bets every day and get an extra boost while doing it at bet rivers go to the bet rivers app or visit betrivers.com to play presented by rivers casino pittsburgh must be 21 gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER all right so player prompts. let's get into it now and as the series shifts back to Boston, Game Six. Who's going to step up? And it's going to be Curry, right? But outside of Curry, who's going to step up, right? Like, will Marcus Smart have a big game? Will Clay Thompson have a big game? Will Andrew Wiggins bounce back, uh, not bounce back, but you know, bounce back and have another strong performance in a huge spot for the Golden State Warriors? What about Jalen Brown? Will Al Horford? have another game one type of performance, right? That's going to be the difference, right? Curry's numbers are going to be there at the end of the game, Thursday night in game six. Jason Tatum and his numbers, I feel strongly that they will be there when it's all said and done. It just comes down to Clay Thompson versus Jalen Brown, Andrew Wiggins versus Marcus Smart, and even Al Horford and Draymond, right? Draymond's not going to fill the stat sheet up anymore, but he can make that big play or two or three that tilts the scales into golden state's favor and secure the win and secure the larry o'brien trophy in boston all right so let's run through now all of the key player props at the wagering menu right here at bet river sportsbook and pa let's start with jalen brown total points set at 24 and over 24 and for jalen priced at minus 103 the under priced at minus 125 and then threes made For Jalen Brown set at two and a half with the over priced at minus 132. The under priced at plus 103. Let's look at Jalen Brown's stats in this series for points and threes made through games one through five. Three pointers made. He had two, three, four, and then the last two games he had two made and zero made. Right. So nothing really special here for Jalen Brown as far as his three point shooting in this series. When the series first shifted back to Boston in game three, he knocked down four. sort of a similar spot here as the series now shifts back to Boston in a pivotal game six. Can he repeat that game three performance? You look at his point production, uh, 24 points, 17 points, 27. That was game three. That was his best performance of the series in both threes made and points scored. Then he followed up with 21 and 18. So he's been solid. He's gone over 24 and a half, only twice out of the five games. Uh, the under looking at 21, 17 and 18. So I'm staying away from Jalen Brown and his points total. And as far as threes made, I'm leaning with the under at plus 103, uh, more times than not in this series, the under two and a half for Jalen has hit, but I'll give out my best plays and the picks I'm actually making at the end of us running through all of these. So uh next up, Steph Curry, 28 and a half points. That's the number set at Bet Rivers, the over at minus 134 under minus 125. And then for threes made, it's back to four and a half, right? After he goes 0 for 9 in game five going into game five we talked about this in our uh, betting preview episode for the last game it jumped up from four and a half threes made to five and a half after he went four for four in the first four games of this series towards the over then he has a rare awful night from three i would not bet on that to happen in two straight nba finals games all right so i'll i'll be a spoiler right now I said I'm holding off to the end I am certainly taking over four and a half threes made for Steph Curry looking for him to bounce back but we'll get to that as far as his production throughout the series uh, I mentioned he got he went over the threes made in the first four games Then he went over nine in game five uh, points he's averaging just under 26 points per game after the 16 point performance in game five bringing that down a lot a bunch but Uh, He was the leading scorer for Golden State in four of the first five games, including a 43-point performance amongst a 34-point performance, a 31-point performance, and a 29-point performance. So would not bank on a 16-point performance and an 0-for-9 type of shooting performance from Curry again here in Game 6. Let's look at Clay Thompson. All right, his points total set at twenty and a half at Bett Rivers, Over set at minus one hundred eight. The under priced at minus one hundred one eighteen. Three and a half threes made for Clay in Game Six. The over, not a great number, but priced at minus one forty three. The under priced at plus one twelve. You look at what Clay has done in this series from three. He made three in Game One, then one, five, four, and five. So the past three games. Five threes made, four threes made, five threes made. You look at his points produ- uh, production, 15 in game one, 11 in game two. He had a big game three, 25 points to go with the five threes made. Followed it up with 18, and then last game, 21. Um, So Clay is someone that I might be playing pretty heavily for game six. I'll get to that in a second. Andrew Wiggins, should we bet on him to have another big performance in game six, just like game five? Or will he come back down to earth a little bit in game six? All right, Wiggins' points total set at 18.5. His threes made set at 1.5. For 18.5 points, the over is priced at plus 105. The under priced at minus 134. For the one and a half threes threes made, the over priced at minus 134. The under priced at plus 105. Andrew Wiggins so far in this series for threes made, he hasn't been shooting the ball great from three. Two threes made, two threes made, one, two, and zero. He didn't make one three in his biggest game of the series last game with 26 points. As far as points, 20, 11, 18, 17, and then 26. All right, uh, I mentioned Jalen Brown. So quickly, my player prop plays for game six, I'm taking Curry over four and a half threes made. I'm taking Clay Thompson over three and a half threes made. I'm also taking Clay. Actually, no, I'm not. I'm just taking Clay over three and a half threes made. Sorry, I got confused there with my other play. Three and a half threes made over for Clay, over for Curry, four and a half threes made. And then Marcus Smart. I'm taking over 15 and a half points for Marcus Smart. And I'm taking over two and a half threes made for Marcus Smart. He has been. I don't want to say quietly consistent, but I'll say it. He's been relatively quietly, really consistent production-wise. You look at his threes made out of the five games. He has a game where he made four, and then the next three, he made three. Three threes made, three threes made, three threes made. In game two, he struggled with zero threes made and two points, but um, 18 points, 24 points, 18 points, 20 points, and then pretty much really consistent from three. His points total set at 15 and a half. I'm taking the over for Marcus Smart in 15 and a half points and the over for Marcus Smart uh, in threes made at two and a half. So we have one, two, three. We have five plays for game six. Game five, we only had two. It all depends on the game. If I feel like there's opportunity. So we're 10 and five going into game six. Uh, We'll see what these five picks are able to bring us to uh, for the NBA finals as a whole. After this big game six tonight, we'll still have to get to our betting pick against the spread, who wins, and the total. Two straight unders have come through in this series. Are we banking on a third, or are we going to see a more high-scoring game? We'll get to that. And we also have our crossover conversation with the D.C. CityCast talking Phil's Nationals. That's coming your way next. All right, so let's cross it over now. Uh, Frank Hanrahan maybe hanrahan it depends on where you're where you're from here like han solo but it doesn't matter frank and ryan here uh linking up to have some fun philadelphia and dc and it's perfect timing because we have phillies nats uh series kicking off here at the time of recording later tonight thursday uh the nationals uh struggling i think is maybe fair to say we'll get frank's thoughts on that the phillies doing well right now but we all know how that how that goes here in in the past decade so we'll have some fun we'll do a series preview we'll talk baseball and just whatever else comes our way here uh on the crossover frank man it's it's uh, really good to, to chat with you here for the first time
1: yeah thanks ryan appreciate you uh, having me on and you know these days are going by so fast and i look up at the schedule and i see hey the phillies are in town and i've always actually had a big affection for Bryce Harper. So I sort of keep an eye on how the Phillies are doing and how Bryce is doing and saying, oh, what could have been if he had stayed in D.C.? But it's good that he's doing some good things in Philly. And uh, it's always a treat to see him back in D.C. to play.
0: That That's an interesting place to start. Like in D.C., how, how is Bryce Harper viewed? Is that consensus, like sort of how you just described yeah. it? Uh, we, we miss him. What would be? Or you guys win a World Series without him, so is it different?
1: A little bit different. But I think we're now seeing with the way the salaries have been doled out and how they made mistakes with Steven Strasburg. We can get into that and that debacle. Uh, And they lost Anthony Rendon. I don't think people are mad at him now for leaving for the money because, quite frankly, he was lowballed by ownership here. And then they go out and win a World Series without him. But just imagine if he had stayed in D.C. I think that's what it is. It's more like the big if he had stayed to have such an outfield of Soto, Harper, now, I know they can't afford all the guys like Rendon and keep everybody intact, but he was a player they drafted, they cultivated, and then mm-hmm. to see him go at the peak of his career, I think that's what was most disappointing. The what ifs. But I don't think there's really that much hate towards him now. I doubt he gets booed when he returns to Nats Park. He's he's gonna get a nice little ovation, I'm sure.
0: I know, I'm I'm sure. I mean, it doesn't hurt to win a World Series like you said. I mean, he is he's absolutely loved here in philadelphia i mean he's he's godlike it's uh it's crazy just and he's just a great guy i mean there's nothing really bad to say about him it's just can we get it can we get a team that he's leading into the playoffs (laughs) that's the thing here
1: right no and i saw you guys had a nice victory the other day and and look i know the mets have have really gotten off to a great start but the Braves and the phillies that they can start getting some things together they can make some things interesting so yeah Uh, That's the interesting thing about Harper is that I do follow him still a little bit, and I keep my eye on him. That's how big of a presence he was here in DC for the five or six years that he was here.
0: Um, I'm sure he's a massive personality and presence, and uh, you know he he demands that type of attention and and following. So the Nationals now without Harper, uh, we talked about the World Series, but let's let's look at the Nats this year. Uh, up to this point, there's still a ton of baseball left to be played, but uh, the Nats struggling, I think, is a, a nice way to put it at 23 and 42. F- fill us in.
1: What, well, what's, uh, is,
0: what's all the latest?
1: Everything is going downhill, man. They they show these spikes of offense and then nothing. And they mm-hmm. just got swept by the Braves, who are one of the hottest teams, if not the hottest team in baseball, right? 14 in a row. Then we mm-hmm. get word that Steven Strasburg is not going to pitch uh, for some time after a year of rehab. This is a guy they gave out $245 million to over seven years. And I think in the last three years, he's pitched 35 innings. Uh, That's a great return. (laughs) So there's frustration about where this team is going. You mentioned they won the World Series in 2019. Hey, that's great. But it shades now of the Marlins. Remember when they won those World Series and then they just Mm -hmm. straight into tank mode? Now they're going to tell you we're not tanking. We're rebuilding. But what are you rebuilding on? Juan Soto, they got to get him signed. There's no there's no talk about his contract. So I think as a Nats fan, as a Nats critic, as a Nats watcher, you're, you're scratching your head going, what exactly is the plan here? Because the other day, Josiah Gray couldn't start because of the rain, right? They had a rain delay against the Braves. So they scratched the projected starter. They had to panic. They bring in a guy from the bullpen. And now they got to panic again for the next start because Strasburg has been put on the injured list. And they're making their pitchers have to pitch six or seven innings. It's like they don't have a plan. It's just putting everything – they're tr- trying to stick everything together with, with duct tape and hope it doesn't mm. crack. And it's cracked. There are 20 games under 500. Like I said, every once in a while, Ryan, the offense comes around and you go, oh, this is what they had in mind with bringing in a 40-year-old Nelson Cruz and having Juan Soto batting three. And guys are actually – with Bell, with some pop as well. And then they go flatline the last three or four games. And Soto's been out now for two games. With an injury, so looking at tonight's game against Philadelphia, even though it's a big number, I think minus two hundred or something at Bet Rivers, I, I would just hammer whoever is playing the Nationals because they're on a four-game slide. They're not winning games. Everybody's frustrated. So that's where we're at right now. I think as as a Nats fan, just frustration across the board.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, listen, it's it's relatable. Uh, the <laughs> Phillies, they they fired Girardi, right? On, june 3rd you know 12 13 days ago now they were seven games below 500 at the time 22 and 29 you fire your manager to start the month of june in a baseball season typically means things aren't going really well right and you know this rob thompson guy who's interim manager none of us us being philadelphia fans knew anything about him they go on a nine game win streak uh now they've won four straight series they're i mean they're red hot it's it's sort of remarkable the turnaround that they've made it's just you know is it sustainable it's two different stories here where the phillies they've just been writing checks you know they've been writing checks and throwing money at the wall here trying to will this team behind their bankroll into a playoff spot uh haven't sniffed the playoffs in a decade frank so yeah. similar frustration just two different you know, two different spots on the spectrum, I guess, of, of where these two franchises are at with a lot more pressure on the Phillies, uh, you know, obviously than the, than the Nationals who just won a World Series. It may be frustrating, but at least you have that. The Phillies haven't even watched postseason baseball since 2011, Frank.
1: That's right. That's right. You guys were good. You had a nice run there. man. Like, uh, yeah, everything was looking good. Uh, but that's the thing about pro sports. It fascinates me. It's It's sometimes at the... The basic level, it is so simple. With this Nationals team, you look at when they score five-plus runs, their record is like 17-3. and And then you see where they're at. They're 19 or 22 and 43, whatever their record is. So when their bats are silent, they're done. Uh, And their pitching staff, if they go five-plus innings, they've got a pretty good chance of winning. But that doesn't happen too often. So really simple. Keep it simple, stupid. But even for the Nationals, that just can't happen. So that would be... The long-term thinking here. Okay, we got to get better starting pitching. Okay, and we got to find some bats. And they're 0-2 for so far this year. (laughs) You know what's (laughs) crazy?
0: You know what's crazy? Uh, This is the first time the Phillies and the Nationals are playing this year? Yeah. A five-game series starts tonight, Thursday night. You talk about pitching. Uh, I believe Patrick Corbin's getting the start for the Nationals? Is that – can you confirm that uh, or are you not sure?
1: Yeah, I think that's right. Uh, you know what? I yeah, think, I think I saw that. I think that. that's
0: right, yeah. All right, so it, it's Corbin. Uh, and for the Phils, I believe it's Zach Wheeler who, you know, for the most part has been you know, phenomenal this year, um, having another Cy Young level of a performance early on in the season. Yeah, it's cool. What about Patrick Corbin? Yeah, How, cool. How's he been?
1: Yeah, uh, up and down. He started really yeah. slow. Gave him a lot of home runs early. But actually, his last couple starts, he's he's been pretty decent. Uh, that gives the Nets a, maybe a, a, a chance here a tonight against the Phillies, a left-hander. But here's the issue with Corbin. Um, you know, when he is – I mean, this sounds so basic, and Skipper David Martinez always says it. You know, when he's not throwing strikes, he's in a load of, load of hurt because when he's forced to throw strikes, hitters are just waiting and teeing off on him, right? Mm-hmm. So the start tonight is very crucial for him. Uh, I think the last time out, he got he got a win, his third or fourth of the year. So he's actually settling in, and that's good for him because the outside noise, I think, definitely affected his performance because he heard the whispers about his contract and how he's underperforming. He was very good in 2019, again, but that was three years ago. Uh, but right. if the Nats have a fighting chance tonight, it will be up to Corbin to try to settle things down and get off to a fast start because when he gets settled down, he's actually a pretty effective pitcher. But he just he just got off to a terrible start this season. But I think he is actually finding his way,
0: and the bats I'm sure haven't haven't helped him a whole lot, right? Uh, right as well. Yeah. But you know we'll we'll see the uh, the line here for Phillies Nationals game one Thursday night. As you mentioned, Frank, Phillies minus two hundred at Bet Rivers, mm-hmm. uh, the Nats plus one seventy. The run line Phillies laying the one and a half priced at minus one twenty one. The Nats getting the one and a half priced at plus one oh two and the total set at nine. Um, mm. my initial thought on like a best play would probably be taking the under nine just because Zach Wheeler's going for the Phillies and and he's been able to, you know, Consistently get six, seven, eight innings pitched, zero, one, two at the most earned runs. Nationals bats are struggling a little bit. I I don't know. Where would you
1: look to play this? Well, I would, you know, I've I've gotten bitten a couple times uh, the last few games, although actually I got both wins. I I gave out the Braves the entire series. I said, just keep hammering Atlanta. That's the thing about baseball, right? Take the hot team until they lose, take the streaking team until they lose, no matter what the number is. I'm not sure where Atlanta is tonight, but I take them again. But as far as this game, Wait until you find out what the deal is with Juan Soto, right? If he's not in the lineup, I love the under even more. If he's in the lineup, it's a little more dicey. This, You know, this kid is capable of going yard at any time. He's that effective and that lethal at the plate. So I would actually wait, see the status of Juan Soto, and then I think the under looks really good. If not, I think it's more of a risk, but I do like the play. Uh, it's going to be a hot one tonight at Nats Park, but uh, that's what you – really, it comes down to Corbin, man. If, he's, if he yeah. can be good, then the, then the under looks a lot much better for you.
0: Absolutely. And and with your mindset, I would probably uh, look to play the Phillies, even on the run line, laying the one and a half priced at minus 120. You're getting a little bit better of a yep. number there than just taking the Phillies to win at minus 200. You can also look at uh, you know first five innings. I don't know how much you get into that. I, I haven't really been diving into that yeah. too much. I gave out a first five play a few days ago, but that's rare for me.
1: Yeah, I usually do the the basic bets or the player props. I, I don't yeah. like uh, in home games. They make it interesting, that's for sure. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, I never really do the, the the you know the first five innings or so. It's just something that has never uh, appealed to me, quite frankly. As a as a better, I see yeah. why people do it though. Absolutely, uh, but. Yeah, I like to go the full nine or maybe even extra innings. And the other thing about betting on games, the in-game live betting is is, is dicey too. I never really do baseball. I do more basketball than anything. Uh, but yeah, yeah. When it comes to tonight, I do. I I'm actually a fan right now. The more I think about it, of the Phillies minus one and a half and what just minus one twenty. That seems actually yes. a pretty decent bet. Yep.
0: Yeah. All right. So we're we're in agreement there. Uh, and then there's a doubleheader tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah, five games. I mean, <laughs> we're in this for the long haul, Frank. My goodness.
1: And then, and this is where, again, I, I say, Ryan, like, until the Nats win, man, just bet against them. Like, they're on a four-game slide. <laughs> this is a really good spot for the Phillies. You know and I know they're saying to themselves, hey, guys, we're game over 500, playing pretty decent yep. baseball. Here's our chance to really get a nice winning streak going. We got a five-game series. Against
0: a bad team? Exactly. I mean, you know, you look at the Miami Marlins. That's a team that for some damn reason, Frank, the Phillies have struggled mightily against over the past three or four seasons. They haven't been able to win a series, and they did it in walk-off fashion yesterday. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah. They're, they're able to walk off 3-1, three-run homer, bottom of the ninth, two outs. That gets them the series win, which is the first in quite some time against Miami. If the Phillies want to be a playoff team, you have to take at least three of five against the Nationals now.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I don't know how much is said about that. Maybe that adds pressure. And I'm I'm curious as to when they have these closed door meetings or pregame mentions. I wonder how much and I've been in locker rooms where they have the standings and they say, Hey, this is where we are. But I have yeah. to believe their new skipper. And you said there's a change. There's definitely the shift of their attitude and the way they're performing. So I'm curious to see how much emphasis is put on these these type of series where you go against a club that is struggling mightily. Do you get that big megaphone out and say, hey, guys, <laughs> this is, we have a great chance here, or do you just go day by day because it's 162 games? I don't know about you, but for me personally, I would love to have a skipper who's constantly reminding us of our opportunity. I don't know if that's the case in Philadelphia, but I would love to see that with coaches. And I see that lacking a lot in pro sports, which is fascinating. I get it. They're they're grown men. I get it. They go out to do a job. But I also would like that needling, that prodding. Hey, guys, opportunity here. Let's take advantage of it. And the Phillies have one for sure in this series.
0: It's interesting you bring that up. That's something we talked a lot about over the past couple of weeks and just the city in general, you know, on – Uh, the local stations on WIP we've talked about it it's been written about in the Philadelphia Inquirer Uh, like the impact of the manager and the head coach in professional sports in general like how much should we weigh into that because Joe Girardi won a World Series with the Yankees we fire him Mm -hmm. uh, like I mentioned to start June you rattle off nine straight wins it's like well was it that simple? Like, it can't be just because you got rid of Joe Girardi. Like, how much of a factor can these head coaches and managers, you know, weigh on a team's success? That may sound like a stupid question, but I actually think it's an interesting conversation.
1: I am always amazed when somebody gets fired or an organization makes a move and the defense is, well, who, who are we going to get to replace them? Right? Uh, <laughs> yep. Somebody else that can do a better job. This has happened so many times here in D.C. where we, we let go of a coach and go, well, who's going to be better? Who's a better option? Well, somebody else can do better. Right. Somebody else can connect better. Somebody else can communicate better. There are different styles that work with different teams. There's, there's absolutely no question about that. Um, and I think that that is so very crucial and so very vital. And I, it always annoys the heck out of me when you're paying these coaches millions and millions of dollars. And then you say, well, who else can do a better job? Well, somebody else who you're paying a a king's ransom to do that job. Uh, I'm sure you've dealt with people who are your boss or your coach or somebody that you just didn't really feel that connection to and it affected your performance. There's absolutely no question about that, right? Uh, So to your point, clearly Girardi and his mix of players did not connect. And they made the right decision at that time because you see there is a different reaction and different response. Now, over the long haul, will that make a difference? Phillies are certainly hoping that that is the case. But there is something to the coach-player dynamic that I think is vastly underrated. I don't know if you heard about Jack Del Rio and his whole deal. Of course. (laughs) Of course you did. It was national news. (laughs) To me, that means a whole hell of a lot, right? Now, people will try to downplay that. But I think that was a huge deal, and it was good they find him. It was a good, smart decision. Uh, who knows what's going on behind closed doors too? What is being said, right. is being whispered to these players? But when you're trying to win games, the slightest minutiae has to be taken into consideration. Is what I what I said? If I'm the coach, did I say something to tick off my player that he's not going to give his best for me? Like let's 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 examine that and let's explore. Uh, I think all of this matters. All of it matters when it comes to success, yeah. right? I sound like I'm doing a TED Talk, but I think all yeah. of it matters. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, no, it's interesting. Uh, and and I agree with you wholeheartedly. Uh, all right, so we're both on the Phillies for Thursday yes. night, and you bring up Jack Del Rio. I think it's a, it's a good time maybe to switch to some football. I know it's only June, but, you know, there's a lot for us to talk about here. Philly and Washington, uh, D.C., you have our old quarterback. You mentioned the Jack Del Rio story. Um, you know, I don't know what what what's the vibe and and feel in DC right now, not just with the Del Rio stuff, but just an outlook on this upcoming NFL season with the former Philadelphia Eagle, Carson Wentz.
1: I want to ask you about Carson Wentz in a little bit because I want to see what you thought about him when he was there. But you know what? It's it's okay, I guess. A lot of people are trying to spin it in a positive manner, positive fashion. I think for this team, it was an interesting move. It, it felt like a desperate move. Uh, I think that Wentz was probably going to get cut, and I, I think the Washington Commanders are like, well, we should we should suck up his salary for the fact that we, we're we so desperate for a starting quarterback, and we'll try one more mm-hmm. reclamation project with this guy. Look, every coach thinks they can take somebody's junk and make it into a treasure, right? Yes. Uh, yeah. uh, and there were times last year I'd watched games with interest with Wentz. And I would say to myself, why did I put money on this guy? And I would say to myself, I would register in my head, okay, from here on out, never bet on any team that Carson Wentz is quarterbacking. Because there (laughs) were some absolute duds and just decisions that I was going. This is a professional quarterback making these decisions and costly decisions for the Colts and my pocketbook. So then I get word that he's coming to DC. I'm like, oh my God, here we go. The Washington Commanders' offensive coaches think that they can turn this guy into a great decision maker, uh, a great locker room guy. Look, I hope it works out. I am not a fan of the move at all, as you can tell. Uh, yeah. This offense has some, you know, they got some weapons, but the bottom line is: is can this guy overcome his past? decision-making, awful, you know, awful leadership. I don't think so. I really don't think so. So as far as that concerned, not a fan of Carson Wentz coming to D.C. As far as Coach Jack Del Rio and Coach Ron Rivera, there's so many off-the-field issues I'm sure you know. Dan Snyder, the owner, refusing to go testify before the House Oversight Committee saying he's off on a yacht in Europe, but Roger Goodell is going to testify about their toxic workplace environment. They have a new name, new logo, new nickname that they totally botch I don't know if you've seen the uniforms. They keep trying to tell us the uniforms are cool. They keep trying to push that the logo is cool. It's not. They suck. It's terrible. (laughs) I'll never get used to it. I honestly will never get used to this uniform. Uh, I I didn't mind the name change. Just I minded the name that it was changed to and the uniforms. So that's where we are right now. So all they have to do is go out next year and win 10 or 11 games and all will be forgiven.
0: (laughs) That's it. No big deal. (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh, in the stadium! You've heard about that? They want to get a new stadium, but nobody wants to give them a stadium. It's just—it's—I can't make this stuff up. So that's my question to you. All right, here in DC, we have all these issues, and I always wonder—is the same stuff going on in other cities? Like, what's the biggest deal right now in Philadelphia? It's probably on the field stuff, right? That's it. Can you know? Uh, I mean, it's then, always something.
0: It's always something okay. here in Philly. I, you know. I would say for the Eagles, it's it's the quarterback, you know, and it's always going to be the quarterback, especially ever since Wentz and Nick Foles and Foles, yeah. you know, takes home the the uh, the Super Bowl win and the Super Bowl MVP against Tom Brady. And then Carson Wentz tries to come back and be the starter. Right. So it's always what do we have a quarterback? Is it enough? The Eagles, I, I feel like they hit a home run this offseason in what they've done. They they trade for A.J. Brown. They still have a successful draft.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um they they go and add some other pieces in free agency on on defense. Jalen Hurts is is the question, and a lot of fans are are sold on him. They they're confident that he can be the future guy, the franchise quarterback. I'm not there yet. Yeah. Uh, so those are the debates that that are being had here because many look at this Eagles roster and say, you know, this this team can win 10, 11, maybe even 12 games given the division they're in and the right. strength of schedule that they have. So. I'm not that optimistic on him. And it it comes down to uh, the quarterback, Jalen Hurts.
1: Yeah. What about Wentz when he was there? What what was your takeaway from his time in Philadelphia?
0: Weird. Um, (laughs) I mean, weird, right? I mean, you look at that Super Bowl year. He is most likely going on his way to win league MVP. He gets hurt in L.A. in like week 13, week 14, Foles comes in, the rest is history. Ever since that injury, he was never able to get back to where he was on the field. And then reports came out more and more about his leadership, lack thereof. A lot of guys in the locker room. Locker room was split. Some didn't like him, some did. Um, Didn't seem like he fit in Philly. And then he goes to Indy, and it's sort of the same bs i mean there was articles written about his leadership style and how the city didn't really love him and um i I think he struggles to to lead right like i think he just is a little bit different as a person which is fine but it's also not fine as a starting quarterback in the nfl you have to win over your locker room if you're a starting quarterback in the nfl and that's not an easy thing to do that's a big part of the job so i think his play You'll see flashes of his all-pro talent. Mm-hmm. And then you'll see throws and decisions that are like, "What, what, what is this guy doing? So that's what you're dealing with. And yeah. uh, can he be that leader? I don't think he can. Yeah. Uh, that's I, what we I, saw.
1: I, and that was my biggest fear. When you have a team literally giving up on you and they were going to cut him. There's something much deeper than even those bad Absolutely. decisions on the field. right? You, you're going to try to continue to work on that but there must've been just something else. Like I can't, we can't deal with this guy anymore. Take him, DC. Yeah, oh, you we take got him. him.
0: <laughs> yeah, ex- exactly. Uh, what third yeah. team in three years. That's typically not a good sign.
1: No, not a good sign. And who knows about these OTAs? I don't know how you guys cover OTAs there in Philly. I mean, here it's like, you know, everybody's going gaga and they're showing offensive clips. Like it doesn't matter to me. I'm, I'm so over that. I've done this for many years and, the, the trap is, oh, we look good in OTAs. Yeah, with shorts and shells on. Or not even shells, man. Like, let's get over I all say that.
0: the same thing. I mean, right? I'm
1: going to start. We're going to, like, really, to me, it comes down to training camp and then your first preseason game that you start to see. Anything up until that point, whatever. And I don't get all up in a tussle either about who's – at OTAs or who's not, or voluntary stuff. It's voluntary if it is, if you want to be there. You know, last year, Chase Young, our, our defensive end, wasn't at at, uh, at voluntary OTAs, and that was a big huff and puff. Um, so, so what? It's like, so what?
0: <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't matter. I, I say the same thing. Like, a lot yeah. of guys can throw a football in shorts, right? Doesn't mean anything.
1: Doesn't mean anything. No, I know. Nope. And, like, it's it's great. It's practice, right? It's practice. That's that's where they're supposed to make mistakes too, right? I exactly. Hate I hate the report. Oh, Carson Wentz was picked off today in in OTA. Well, that that's okay. He's <laughs> right. learning. I yeah. hope. Don't do that again. Thank oh, God.
0: Yeah, don't do it. Don't uh, we'll do it, don't again. Do it in week Sunday. seven or whatever it is. You're you're allowed to do it in June. It's it's not the end of the world. Exactly. So it is it is overhyped. But you know, football's king, especially in our cities. So oh, yeah. it's like yeah. these OTAs. Albeit in June, they're gonna get over uh over magnified, I guess, if you will, right?
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, good
0: stuff, man. I mean, do you have any uh thoughts on the finals before we uh, uh maybe wrap this thing? Yeah, up?
1: I mean, I don't know what you're gonna to do tonight, man. Like I got burned. I took the Celtics plus four on was that Monday night? My God, these days are going. I don't know. Yeah. Monday. Yeah. So I took this the those Celtics plus four thinking that they gave up, they basically gave away game number four in the last five minutes. Look, I don't want to go on a rant with you right now, but I will for just a second. These NBA teams have twelve assistant coaches, bro, and they can't figure out, hey, for five minutes we didn't score a bucket in game four. Let's figure out a different way to handle these situations. And you know what the Celtics did? They did the exact same thing twice in in a pivotal game five. They did it in the first quarter. And in the fourth quarter, if you look at the game log, it's stunning. After Poole hits that 38-footer to give them up, go up by one to start the fourth, it took the the wind out of their sails. They didn't score for four minutes to start the fourth quarter, the Celtics. And that was it. Inexplicable. And then you have guys, they played 99, 100 NBA games this year. And Marcus Smart is still moaning to the officials. They get two technical fouls in that game two if i'm the coach i go guys if i see one of you losing your steam or saying anything to the officials i'm taking you out they yep. just outside they psych themselves out in that game so with that said i agree i'm taking the celtics tonight and i hate <laughs> it it makes no sense because all the momentum in the world is with golden state they want to come and close this thing out curry was like 0 for 9 0 for 9 and they won by 10 Way, I, know. I find it funny that some of these places had prop bet specials for Curry. Hey, Steph Curry makes one three, you get 250 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> Zero. Zero. So how about that? Um, so with that said, I like the Celtics tonight. I hate the bet, but I don't know about you. What do you think?
0: You know, my my prediction going into the series was uh, Golden State in seven. Yeah. So you know, with with that in mind, I I would probably lean Boston. I don't think I'm gonna bet this game against the spread. Like the Warriors getting four, that's intriguing, right? Like the Warriors getting four is is never a terrible place to be, but I also just mm-hmm. somehow see this thing going seven. Okay. So yeah, you know, I, it's it's not a great bet. I, I have some other player props I feel uh, a little bit more confident about, like. I like Curry over four and a half threes made, especially after going 0 for nine. Yeah. Right? I mean, yeah. come on. Um, I like Clay Thompson and his over in his threes. I like Marcus Smart over 15 and a half points. I think he's actually like a quiet, consistent series outside of a really bad game too. he He's been good this series. Um, so those are a few plays I'm I'm looking at. I'm gonna stay away from the spread just because I want to say Warriors, but I also just feel like this thing's somehow gonna go seven.
1: I took the Warriors plus the number in Game 3, and that was a good win. But yeah, to your point, this could have – yeah, this could be one of those, um, you know, 120-99 type games going back for Game 7. I I just – it, it terrifies me to take the Celtics minus the number. I'll be honest with you. But sometimes that's the best way to go because when you are yeah. so hell-bent and keen on, like I like the Celtics way too much in game five. I was like, uh-oh. I, I don't know. <laughs> I like them too much. And they were right. god-awful. So I hope that this coaching staff can rein them in for this game six. Because, you know, Golden State, they've been there, done that. It's all about how do the Celtics respond to that pitiful performance the last two games quite frankly they've gone basically they had one good quarter in the last two games arguably and yeah this is it, this is it. Do, they, yep. do they rally the the troops tonight or not and I think that's really the biggest question here
0: Yeah, absolutely. Jason Tatum, the rest of the crew, they're going to have to uh, put up or shut up back at home uh, facing elimination. That's it.
1: That's it. I mean, that's really it. So I would take whatever Tatum's number is. I think I got – I actually took Tatum over 26 and a half in game five, and he got a 27, so that was nice. Nice. I lost Draymond Green under. I was like, I don't like Draymond Green. I'm just going to bet against him. If he goes over, that's fine. I still don't like him. Uh, And then I think I won – who else? I had somebody else's over. I think I was two for three on. I think it was maybe. Oh, I forget. Maybe Jordan Poole or, or Clay Thompson, one of those guys. But I I lost my dream on Greenback, but I was okay with it. that <laughs> <laughs> he again, hasn't forever, ever ever again. You
0: know? he hasn't been doing much. Oh, um, God, but we'll see. It's going to yeah, be man. good. be fun. all right, man. This has been fun, Frank. Yeah, I, I appreciate
1: again. it. Absolutely. Yeah. We'll 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 get it. We'll tee it up soon and. We play the yeah. Phillies again, and then of course the Sixers next year. NBA will be here before we know it, man. Right? So
0: I know NFL, uh, and like you said, we'll of course. we'll have to talk again when the yeah. uh, Phil's and Nats meet down the road.
1: Absolutely, man. Thanks, bro. All right,
0: thank you. All right, great stuff there with Frank from the DC City Cast crossing it over, talking Phillies, Nats, uh, some NFL, some some of the biggest storylines going on right now in the sports betting world. Appreciate everyone for tuning in to another edition of the Philadelphia City Cast. Make sure you are subscribed and following us wherever you get your pods. Give me a follow as well at Wise Rye on Twitter, W I S E R uh, Y E. Big NBA Finals, game six tonight. Phillies Nats kickoff game one of their five game series. Uh, we'll keep you updated throughout the series, of course, right here on the Philly City Cast. Uh, so, plenty to discuss the U.S. Open getting underway today. NHL, uh, Stanley Cup, Colorado wins an overtime game one last night. We'll be previewing each and every game throughout the Stanley Cup here as well. So plenty to discuss over the next couple of weeks. Join us. Have a great rest of your day. Best of luck on all your bets. Until next time, thanks for listening to the Philadelphia CityCast presented by BetRiver Sportsbook. Peace. Baseball is here and BetRivers has a special offer for you every Saturday throughout the entire baseball season. Place a three-leg, same-game parlay of at least $25 and you will earn a $10 free bet. With same-game parlays, you can combine player props and game bets to make your perfect combo. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Claim your offer on the BetRivers app or go to BetRivers.com. Presented by Bet Rivers Casino Pittsburgh. Must be 21 gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler.